Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The information contained on this platform represents the opinion of the host and shall not be understood, construed as, or a substitute for medical or health advice. Please see a health professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. It's the Black Health 365 podcast, and we are here to make sure you look good on the outside and even better on the inside. After all, looking good, feeling good, and living a healthy lifestyle 365 days of the year should be a daily choice. Here at the Black Health 365 podcast, we will address the healthcare disparities within the Black community with trusted voices and information to empower a healthy lifestyle. Ain't that right, Britt? I'm talking about mind, body, and soul. What's good, 365ers? My name is Britt Daniels, your fit life coach, yogi, and entrepreneur. And I'm joined by my beautiful co-host. Jackie Page, radio personality. And what am I, what else am I, Britt? What I'm losing my mind today. I promise I am a personal trainer. It's just one of them days. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And this is the Black Hill 365. As y'all know, fam, it's our mission to be champions of truth and change by providing y'all with personalized healthcare information and resources from trusted professionals. And we are here to empower the Black community to make healthier choices all year long. And Jackie, if you could introduce our very intelligent guest, I'm so excited to speak with us. Yes. Uh, Speaking of empowering the community, um, it is still Pride Month. And we want to talk about pride as well as mental health. So joining us today is Jared Denzel Keller. Jared is a mental health advocate using his social media to share his journey and normalize the conversation surrounding mental health. Jared, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. We're excited to have you. I'm really excited to talk about this today. Um, we do a thing called check-in. So we like to check everybody's mental, see how everybody's doing before we get things kicked off. Um, so I'll start with you, Jared. How are you feeling? How are you doing today? I, clearly, you see I'm all over the place, but you know. <laughs> well, you look great. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm not gonna lie. It was I had a full day at work today, and they 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 worked me, but um, I'm I'm good. I'm very excited to be here. This is helping like re-energize me a little bit. Gotcha, Britt. How you doing? How you holding today? Um, I, I believe I said it in the previous episode, but um, I, I'm moving in peace and trying to maintain. As I've been working through a lot of different things, running my businesses, um, doing a lot of community work, uh, it's been a lot of giving. And so I'm just trying to make sure I do all the things necessary to recharge. And you know me, Jackie, I'm an introvert, um, despite how active I am in the community. So I need my time to recharge. I need my morning routines. And I'm trying to stay true to them. What about you, Jackie? What's happening with you? Um, we gonna say like the elders used to say i'm yet still holding on because baby today i am yet still holding on i don't even know what i do for a living i'm like radio personality and what else do i do um yeah it's just been one of them days one of them weeks where we just we just hold on and we just trying to keep the the mental together um because yeah it's this <laughs> baby I'm um, laughing my head off. I ain't heard that one in a minute. You know, I'm from the <laughs> South, but I, I needed to, I needed that refresh. I need that colloquialism in my life right now. Um, being I try up when I can. 
Um, but speaking of like getting your, your mind right, you know, I, I was reading this article today. Uh, I think it was on NBC about how I believe it said people under the age of 65 need to be regularly screened for anxiety and depression. And not people, I mean, everybody. Um, and that's a huge statement. I don't know if you read it, Jared or Jackie, but how do you feel about specifically the term under 65? Did y'all hear about any of this? Jared, I'm going to let you, go ahead and get your thoughts because that under 65 thing just rubbed me all the wrong way. I, you know, so I didn't read it, but to be honest, I agree. I feel like under 65, you're not quite at, obviously you're not at retirement age. So you still are dealing with a lot of the stresses of work, maybe being married, having kids. And I know anxiety can have me in a chokehold sometimes. So I, I do think you need to get screened for it just to see where you are mentally. Because sometimes I know a lot of people that they'll be struggling with anxiety. Maybe they don't even know that that's what's going on. They'll be on the verge of a panic attack and they have no clue what's happening. So I do think it is very important to get uh, screened and checked just to, you know, understand where you are in, in the world mentally. Would have to completely agree. Um, I think getting checked or screened to see if there is some anxiety before the age of 65 is very important. Um, especially considering that we just went through a whole entire pandemic and let's not mention everything else that's done popped up in the world. I think it's very important. Um, but I, the fact that it's 65 and under just kind of rubs me the wrong way. I feel like it should be everybody because I just think about the transition that a lot of people after the age of 65 go through and how hard that can be for them. Um, so to kind of say like, oh, we don't, it, it kind of comes across as though, we don't need to, they don't need to be screened as well. No, I think they do because the same way everybody else is going through a transition, they're going through a really big transition as well. A lot of people are going into retirement, you know, friends are passing, you know, family members are getting older. It's just, I feel like they should have maybe 85 and under 65 just doesn't really sit well with me. I feel like at all ages of life, speaking to your point, Jackie, I do feel like um, this 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 human condition being here, existing in this world, um, presents a, a, a myriad of problems <laughs> for so many people. And if you don't have the resources to deal with them, um, but speaking to your point, Jared, I do feel like people who are maybe who have some time to to relax a little bit from the the um, the work life can you know can reflect more on on presence. I also may think it's it's a case of people who are over sixty five, maybe not on social media as much. Uh, maybe not bombarding themselves with so much information and having their dopamine depleted um, from having their head tucked in every single corner of the world. Uh, so I think that could be a component of it, too. But that just gets to um, a segue into our Dharma talk. So 365ers and Jared, we have this segment here on the Black Health 365 called a Dharma talk, which essentially is a small sermon to set the tone for the conversation. It comes from an Eastern tradition in Buddhism in particular. And today's Dharma talk is Pride Month and, you know, with that being said, we're also talking about mental illness. I think it's important that we um, understand and embrace the wisdom of authenticity. In a world that demands a lot of conformity, uh, we need to honor our true essence and by surrounding ourselves with supportive connections and engaging in activities that bring out our best selves, we unlock keys to joy, fulfillment, and, and connection. Because authenticity is all about embracing what's best for ourselves. Like, what do you do like I live every literally everyone listening right now. What do you do in life that makes you feel your best self? What is that? What is that? For me, 
I like watching anime and playing video games and working out. That makes me feel my most authentic self. That's what I grew up on. I like to freestyle. I like to speak about my, my story, my narrative. That makes me feel my most authentic self. What is your uh, space for feeling your most authentic self? And what spaces can you find to cultivate that? What people can you dive into and connect with that's going to bring that out of you? And, and, and going from there, stepping into your authentic form is going to inspire others to do that. Because a lot of people on social media, God bless their soul, are projecting things that really aren't them. Um, but let's also talk about this. Yourself can change and accept that too and give yourself grace in that aspect. A lot of people talk to you like you were the same person 10 years ago. And you may have completely done a lot of self-work to be a different person. It's like, don't hold me to that, bro. <laughs> like, I'm doing self-work. I'm showing up as who I think I should be today and that may change. That's totally okay. So with that being said, we're talking about mental illness today, mental health in the black community and pride. Um, you know, let's 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 get into the conversation. Britt, I got to take it to the South real quick. Where is the collection plate? Because we need to pass it, baby. I felt that. I'm not <laughs> the same person I was yeah. 10 years ago. Don't put that on me. <laughs> mm. Sorry, I just had to get that out. Um, but yes, 365 is we are talking about mental wellness, mental health um, in relation to Pride Month. Um, as I said earlier, Jared is a, a, a mental health advocate. Jared, there's a lot of things that you could be doing. There's a lot of things that you could be putting your energy in that you could be standing by. Um, why did you decide to pursue um, mental health and being an advocate for for mental health and wellness? I mean, first of all, kind of going off what Bridget just said, that's my outlet. That's where I feel my most authentic self because um, for a very long time, I didn't talk about some of my struggles with mental health at all. Um, and then when I started doing it on social media, it was like a weight had been lifted off me because I kind of felt like I was two different people. I would have the the public persona of myself and then I have Jared behind the scenes who was struggling with depression and anxiety. Um, and when I merged the two, it was like, I don't have to lie about anything anymore. Like I'm just wholly me. And I had never really experienced anything like that before. Um, but I will say that uh, kind of the catalyst that really pushed me towards doing it was um, when I was in New York City, I, I had a roommate for about three years. Uh, and about three weeks after we moved out of the apartment, I got a call that um, he had taken his own life. And that shook me up in a way that I didn't expect I know that sounds crazy to say, but it just, it really, it really shook me up. Um, I live with this dude and I didn't even know that that was going on with him, that he was to, it was to that extreme. Um, so when I got that call, it shook me up, but it also was like, sweetheart, first of all, you have to be real with yourself about your own mental health struggles because you walking around here thinking that you find it may come back and bite you in your butt one day in the way that it did with my roommate. Cause I felt like if he had maybe been a little bit more open, he would have acknowledged like, maybe I do need a little bit more help than just going to therapy. Um, but it was after his passing, having those conversations with myself, it really kind of almost like forced me into doing this on social media. I was like, I have to talk about this. I can't keep acting like it's not happening. I can't keep kind of like dealing with it on my own. Um, and so I just started doing it on social media. I remember when I would first post the videos, um, I was so open. I would post and I'd put my phone away. because so I was like, Lord, Jesus, they're going to talk about me so bad. Everyone's going to talk about me and be like, what is he doing? Um, but after a while, 
I know like no one was saying that. Like I would get phone calls from friends and relatives being like, wow, like you are so open. I've been going through the same thing. Um, It really transformed my life. But like it almost felt like a calling, not even something that I necessarily wanted to do because I'm a little bit more of an introvert and I don't really like put my business out there. Um, But I was kind of like pushed into this. And honestly, it's been one of the best things I've ever done in my life. So, and you said you've been like pushing this information out and you've gotten, it's gotten easier over time, but do you have any like conversation or do you have any like topics or anything like that right now where you're just like, yeah, I just, um not ready or can't cover this. Cause I do. I, and I, I, I know you, I know, you know, you're helping people, but then again, like this is your life and you're putting this out on the mainstream. So is there anything at this point where you're just like, I haven't fully just been able to like talk about this just yet. A follow-up, I heard his brother say online and, you know, people say on Instagram, all types of things, but he was like, not everyone has the, uh, the uh, privilege of knowing all of my vulnerabilities. How do you feel about a statement like that? Um, I mean, it's true. We all have blind spots. I still have them now. It's funny that now I started talking about mental health online. People treat me like I am the second coming of Jesus. I'm like, no, like, I still mess up, like I'm not perfect. Um, so we all have blind spots. Um, but I do think that there is work to to kind of realize what those blind spots are in the areas in your life that you need to work on. And it does take some time because honestly, it is much easier to just bury your head in the sand and act like everything's fine. I have plenty of family that that do that. Um, but it, it it's work and it's something that you really have to want to do. Um, but it also requires you facing some things that are scary, some traumatic memories that you will have to live through again in order to get through them. Um, it's difficult, but I know for me, I feel like I got to a point that if I did not do some kind of work or try to fix this a little bit, honestly, I don't know what was going to happen. I was going to lose my mind. Suicide may have stepped. I don't know. I, but I felt like I had to start doing the work because because I didn't know what was going to happen if I didn't. And that made me nervous. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Do you, um, I, I know you're an advocate for mental health, um, and me and Britt have had this conversation before about like a trainer having a trainer, a therapist having a therapist. Do you have a... Because again, and I think this is something that we need to reiterate to the 365ers, that it's okay to be in a certain position and still have to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. um, do you have somebody that you are able to talk to? Because a lot of people are looking towards you and your social media like, oh, he's the go-to when it comes to mental health. Uh, most definitely, Jackie. <laughs> like, <laughs> every therapist probably has a therapist. First of all, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a life coach. I'm just regular, regular, regular Jared. Um, I just am very open with the things that I go through. Um, so, yeah, I do have a therapist. I do have people that I talk to and like confidence uh, 
friends in my life as well that I talk to when I'm feeling down. Um, but, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword because with me being so open on Instagram about my mental health, people do kind of put you on this, like, weird pedestal. I'm like, baby, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, I'm trying to figure this out like all the rest of y'all. I just am open with talking about the fact that I don't know what I'm doing or talking about that, like, I have depression and this is how I deal with it. But that may not work for everyone. But, girl, I don't know my ass from my elbow. I'm doing the best that I can. And I just am open about it. That goes back to that, that authenticity piece, right? Um, you know, me being as a yoga instructor and a healer in so many different aspects, people come to me and talk to me like I'm some type of, um, <laughs> like, like, like how you mentioned, a prophet. And it's just definitely not the case. Um, you know, we like to say here on Black Health 365 that healing is a verb and it's an ongoing process that requires multiple different modalities to address. And no matter what position you're in life or where you're at, there are things that you need to keep tweaking tweaking the car with right and you, you're going to need help and so i i love that you acknowledge that i love that you're very open about that and you're very authentic about that um because that's real and that, and that connects with people a hundred percent um what do you find most fulfilling about your work um you know um i will have people that will stop me on the streets and it's not about being recognized it's more about people will come up to me and be like I was going through this and this and that. And then I saw the videos that made me feel a little bit more comfortable. That is like the most moving thing ever in the world to me that people feel comfortable enough. Like Jared is my homeboy and I can just go up to him on the street and just start talking. And you can't because I'll just start talking to you if you come up to me on the street. But like, I love that. That's one of the best things that's coming out of this. Like relatives calling me and being like, I have one relative that called me and said, I've been struggling with depression. I've been taking medication for, for 12 years. And this relative was like the definition of a boss bitch. I thought she was like perfect. And for her to tell me that was like, oh my God, I'm not the only one going through this. When people come up to me on the street and tell me, I'm like, oh, okay. Because although you know you're not the only one going through this, when you're in the thick of it, you still feel like that. I don't really care about what nobody else got going on because I'm thinking about myself. But when people come to me and say that to me on the street, like it grounds me and it reminds me like, baby, you ain't the only one. It's a lot of people out here doing the best that they can and they're making it. So if they can, then you can too. It, it's really like a, an amazing motivation. Jay, what are your thoughts? You know, mental illness is something that obviously affects the black community. And unfortunately, there's a lot of stigma about how we do express ourselves. And I think it's, 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 it's a marker how you said it, you know, you expressing yourself has been, I'm so happy to hear it's been well received. And maybe you've had some other experiences as well. But what are your thoughts on how mental health is presented in the black community and how we're dealing with it? And I'm, I'm, so, I'm I apologize to make this a long question. We just came out of COVID. So maybe uh, we can speak on that too. How do you think mental health has changed our perception of it in the black community since COVID? Well, you know, I think going through COVID, everyone really had to sit with their with their shit, for lack of a better word because we all had it and you couldn't go anywhere you couldn't really talk to anybody all you had to do is sit there with your stuff and really think about things that have happened to you in the past and where you were mentally um and i think it did kind of further along the conversation of mental health because i feel like we talk about it in a way that we certainly didn't even like 10 years ago now when i was a kid a child i didn't even know what mental health was when i was a kid that wasn't a thing um but i will say in the black community it's it's gotten better like obviously i'm a black man i advocate for it i look at people like taraji p henson there's also a guy jay barnett who does a lot with uh with mental health kiara Gaines is another black man so it's progressing along but we still have a long way to go 
Because I know even with my dad, like, he'll be talking to me sometimes. I'm like, Dad, you should go there. I'm like, no, nah, I don't need that. Like, I'm strong. And I'm, I'm like, listen, I understand that. <laughs> but, like, it's always helpful to have those outlets to, like, get it off your chest. But I do feel like it's still a little bit of a stigma. Um, people automatically jump to, like, oh, she crazy. Or she got to go to a therapist. Something wrong with her. She a little throw it off. Or, you know, talk to Jesus. And Jesus is going to fix it all. Um and it's, it's fine. To, you can still talk to Jesus, but it's also okay to talk to a therapist as well. Um, but it is a little stigmatized, but I, I do feel like it has gotten leaps and bounds better than what it used to be. And I just want to add an extension to that. It is Pride Month. Um, what would you say as far as the LGBTQIA plus community? Um, you know, we've talked about the Black community, but let's talk about the LGBTIA plus community in the black community because that's a whole nother like bucket there yeah it is um you know intersectionality is something else it's a lot to deal with because i know sometimes and i've i've actually had this discussion with friends are you black first or are you gay first and um that's a tough thing because it's like well i'm both of those things um it's really hard to deal with sometimes um you know it's it is tough to navigate because as a black man, you deal with racism, but then as a gay man, you also deal um, with homophobia within the black community, within your own nuclear family. So it can be quite tough. I said, being black and gay is not for the faint of heart, honey. You got to be a strong, you know, to to deal with this. Um, but you, st I know for me, one of my best outlets has been my friends, my other black gay friends that understand where I'm coming from, understand some of the BS that we have to go through with uh, from our families, from our loved ones, from random people that I don't even know. Um, it can be a lot, but I think you definitely need to have an outlet on top of having a therapist. I think a therapist is great. But your therapist isn't like your homegirl or your homeboy. Like I can't kiki with my therapist. I could kiki with my therapist, but like you talk to your friends and they make they make your problems feel just a little bit lighter. Um, and I appreciate that about my other black gay friends. Like honestly, I don't know oof, what I would do if I if I didn't have them. But it, you need the outlet, no matter what what that kind of looks like for you. You you do need that outlet. What would you say to maybe a 365er that's listening? They may have a family or friend or family or friend who they're struggling with um, coming out. They're struggling with, you know, being their true authentic self. Um, and I know that that weighs on the mental, the mental and the physical. Um, you know, what would you say to to that 365er who may be going through this or who may have a family um, or a friend that they're trying to figure this thing out? Yeah, I, it, you know, it's tough and it can weigh on you mentally. I know that I, in high school, I actually went through a depression. I didn't even know that that's what was happening. Um, I look back on it now and I was like, yes, sweetheart, you were definitely depressed. Um, but a lot, it stemmed from the fact that most people did not accept me. Like my family, I'm from Louisiana, so I'm from the deep South. My father was also a pastor. You know, that whole cliche story. Parents are religious. They don't really like it. Um, so I remember I would be dealing with it from home, from church and from school. Like I just had everybody kind of coming at me and it can be a lot and it did weigh on me. And there are almost times like still now in my adulthood that it affects my depression and I have to like constantly remind myself to shake that off, that you are not 15 years old, Jared, anymore. You are 33 grown ass man. Like, but, but it's difficult because those things can, can, they can stay with you for years. Um, in regard to coming out, 
that's something that people do in their time. Um, you will know when is the right time for you, um, but it really is something that you come into on your own time. Like you can't rush it. If you're not comfortable, then, then you know, don't come out. I, um, well, I didn't, I didn't come out. My parents found a letter that I wrote to a boy in my backpack. So I was kind of pushed out, but um, honestly, like even that, it was like, well, cats out the bag. So um, here we are. Uh, no, but like you have to come into that in your own time because that's something that's very personal for each individual person and um, how you gauge when or how I should come out. It, it, it's going to vary, but do you got to do what's comfortable for you. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at treatcovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. I think it's interesting that she said, and I don't think I've ever realized this, which we've said in other podcast episodes about giving people grace. One of my really close friends, um, she's a part of the um, LGBTQIA plus community. Um, you said like some of the things that you dealt with when you were in high school, you still find yourself dealing with or thinking about those things now. And it's something that I don't think I've ever thought about when it came to her. I thought she came out, hey, we're good. It's all hunky dory, um, but not really granting her the grace that, you know, this has been a process for her. And, you know, there needs to be grace giving in that respect. So thank you for saying that, because that literally was like an aha moment for me, because I don't think that's something I ever, you know, thought that like, oh, the things that you dealt with then, um, you know, as far as coming out may still be kind of affecting you now. Yeah. Yeah, it can. I will say, though, it's good, Jackie, that you don't treat her like a charity case, because I wouldn't want to treat her like that either. Don't be like, oh, Jared, are you like, don't do all that to me. But it is good to like also acknowledge that, yeah, she may still be carrying something and she may not be. But like, I know for a lot of us, we do. You get told like you're you're this like stand up straight, do these things like it affected me even to the point that I remember I wouldn't wear certain colors. Like I wouldn't wear pink and stuff because I didn't want to attract attention. I didn't want anybody calling me a it. Like I didn't want to have to deal with stuff like that. So I would try my best to go um, to go unnoticed. That's why me doing all of this, like talking on social media is, is, is still wild to me. But for so long, I really did try not to, I tried to go unnoticed because that was how people, they, like they didn't want you to be gay, let alone be proud of it. They were like, you're proud of this? Like, what is wrong with you? Um, but yeah, like you do, you do carry some of that stuff. I honestly, there are certain things just over the, like the last few years, I've started like a hundred percent authentic being me, my gay black ass self, like all of that. And it took me a really long time to get there. You know, Jared, um, and thank you for all that. That testimony was beautiful. Um, and I, I can feel the authenticity for sure. Um, Going back to the mental health component and the work that you do dealing with people, uh, we talked about anxiety, but now going on depression and based on how you identify, how you experience depression, how you express depression may be different. And your work dealing with people or maybe in your own personal narrative, and maybe you've gone through different states of depression and maybe each one, you treated one, each one differently. How... McDonald's is not new to chicken. 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. How have you seen depression be expressed in the Black community and conversations you've had? Um, I have seen a lot of people resort to drug use when they're trying to deal with depression or even when they are trying to avoid a topic that you probably need to deal with if you're going to heal. But instead of doing that, you do drugs because it's too painful. Like I've, I've said this many times that a lot of the time, if you want to resolve something, you have to go back through it again. But I didn't want to go through it the first time. So I damn sure don't want to have to do it again for a second. But you can't fix it if you don't kind of go through it and relive it again. Um, but I feel like for some people, that's just it's too tough. It is too tough. And so they resort to other things. I've seen a lot of it, especially like within the gay community as well as like drugs and sex. And you find these outlets that make you feel good for a little bit. Um but it doesn't really solve like what the larger issue is. Um, but like, those are probably the main two ones that I saw. I know for me, um, I, I did have issues with substance abuse. It actually got really bad during the, uh, during the pandemic. Uh, I had to go to recovery center for a little bit because I, like I said earlier during the pandemic, I was sitting alone with my own thoughts and I didn't like the thoughts. And I had to start um, addressing things that I thought I was over. And I realized it's like, no, baby, you're not over them. You wouldn't be doing drugs like this if you were over some of the things you thought you were over. Um, but when I kind of had that realization, it kind of forced me to be like, okay, well, it's either you're going to fix this or you're going to kill yourself. Well, like, which like which one are you going to do? So, I mean, I decided to fix it, but that's not, that's, that's not easy. And to be honest, I don't even feel like that's a decision that I necessarily made on my own. It was when I started using the drugs, the drugs was getting really out of hand. And I was like, you have to do something. And that kind of was like another wake up call to kind of start getting things together. But it's not it's not easy. I hear you on that. And I can honestly relate to it um, for someone who struggled with a lot of drug abuse myself. So much of my journey and my story um, is response to the trauma I dealt with. I think for a lot of people who have depression and, you know, we're all trying to figure out the traumas of our childhood the best we can. And unfortunately, due to lack of education and resources on our well-being, uh, we we tend to find things that numb us out, whether that be drugs, whether that be sex, whether that be overworking, um, uh, whether that be too much TV. We try to find these addictive agents that help us get away from what's happening here. And like you said, during quarantine, the world had a reset button and you had to sit with it. Um, and it brought some things up that were uncomfortable. And I'm glad you found um, healing methods um, and as we talked about, again, healing is a verb. So you're still continuing that process. Even in you doing this conversation, I'm sure it's cathartic and getting to express yourself in your journey. And every time you talk about your journey, you learn something new about yourself. You know, something I've learned um, also in my own healing journey, because sometimes you feel like you figure something out. You go to therapy, you hear this cool plug word and you're like, OK, I got it. I've shifted my perspective. Everything is good now. It's never going to happen again. 
but then we fall back into the same loops, right? And I think, I, mean, I was talking about this on a different conversation where we have to be careful when we overly intellectualize our healing process, because what sometimes happens is we can speak very articulately on all these high level concepts, but we don't do the self work. Right. We're not data moment yep. by moment. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, and that's difficult. Yeah. No, you can get caught. Cause I know me too. I get caught up in the verbiage and like, I'm, you know, I'm healing and these are my coping mechanisms and all of that other, you know, bullshit. but like, you have to actually like implement it and do it. And that's where the real work comes in. You can know a whole glossary of terms and that really doesn't mean anything if you're not actually applying them to your life. But that is difficult. Like I have moments where I start to get anxious and <laughs> I've learned that in the last few years when I start to feel down or when I start to feel a little off, I eat. Now, I like being thick, but it got to a point where it was getting a little <laughs> it was getting a little out of hand. Right. You know, <laughs> right. Like some of that, like that food is, it's, it's comfort. Um, but you know, you gotta, you have to apply it to your life. You can't just go around throwing all these words around because even me, like talking about it on social media, I can sometimes get very caught up in the duh, 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 duh of it all. It's like, but baby, you still have to implement this in your life. You can't just talk about it. You also have to walk about it. But again, that's hard. My whole platform is kind of built around. Yeah, it's hard. The shit is hard, but you can do it. You just got to, you know, push yourself to do it. You're going to have off days where you don't want to do it at all, but you can. You got this. What I'm also feeling is that you, it's not only you can do it. So I feel like it's a we with you. We're doing yes. this. <laughs> yes, because I feel like everybody on social media is my friend. That's why like, when I say when people stop me on the street, I'm not, I don't know, bugging out or weird. I'm like, yes. Tell me about what's going on with you. Tell me about your childhood trauma. Child, I'll tell you about mine too. And let's figure out a way that we can work on them together. Being gentle. We talked about this um, a few episodes ago. Uh, we were talking about Missy Elliott and she had said like, you know, the world would be a lot better if everybody was a little gentler to everybody. And I feel like, I don't know when you say like, if I see somebody in the street and they know who I'm, who I am, they're like, let's talk. Um, you know, you're extending that gentleness to somebody else, which makes the world a better place. So, you know, in advance, I'm saying thank you for the people to come because we need more of that. Um, and I can say I relate to the I am a stressful comfort food eater. When life started getting lifening, I just made up a word. When life started lifening, I started eating, which is part of the reason why I work out. Um, you know, it's all about balance. Um, speaking of, and you talked a little bit about like some of your coping mechanisms, um, but what are some of the, you know, like having friends around, um, what are some of your other coping me mechanisms and what are some of the other things that you do um, to, you know, to kind of keep your psyche together? Oh, uh, I really, I do enjoy working out. Um, I say that a lot of times I am anxious and I hold anxiety in my body, like my muscles and everything tense up. But when you are lifting heavy weights, you can't hold your body like this and lift the weights. One of them has to give. So a lot of times when I'm lifting, I can feel that anxiety just leaving my body because it has nowhere else to go. It has to leave. Um, so I love that. I also love biking. I realized that during the pandemic because you couldn't really be around people. But I lived in New York. I was in Harlem and we had a bike dock a block away from my building. Um, and I would just go. I would bike down uh, the Upper West Side, or Upper East Side, down to like the 60s. And I'd bike back up to 131st Street. Um, but I, I, I found out like over maybe like the last two, three years that being physical 
actually really does help me because you have all this anxious energy and it's just in you like this and it's got to come out. So like biking and running and I used to do boxing, like it helps get some of that extra energy out of me. I love that. Um, my journey, you know, coming from addiction, I won't go into the whole spiel of it, um, but I never worked out a day in my life when I was a kid. And uh, when I had my mental health issues and a mental health breakdown, psychosis, actually, um, I started just starting. I just got on the elliptical. I was on a Navy base in Japan. I was completely broke down. I would get on the elliptical. I didn't know how to work out. So I just watch all these Navy guys. This one guy would come talk to me. He said, hey, bro, you seem stressed out. You should try yoga. And when I started trying to yoga, it's exactly what you said. Once I got into my body, my vessel and our bodies are our unconscious minds because we store so much tension here that it just be it became cathartic. Um, and so I tell people all the time, sometimes if you need to get out of your head, you need to get into your body um, and get moving to release all that pent up energy. Um, so I, I completely feel you on that. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. What do you do when it comes to social media, though? Because you are also, and I, so I'm a radio personality by day fitness uh or personal trainer by night um and i know the struggles that i've had with social media like i have to do it because of work but it's also as we talked about a little earlier it could be very taxing and very draining on the mental because of just like how much it is um you know what are your thoughts when it comes to like mental health um as far as like pulling away from social media is that something that you've had to do um is it something you're thinking about doing if you haven't done it? Because again, you are, you know, an influencer. People are looking at you. They want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. So, I mean, so, you know, it's, it is tough because the lines are a little blurred. It's like, it's my life, but it's also, it's all blurred. Um, and I, you know, I said earlier how people have said nice things, but there are also people that have said some very awful things that I'm like, how are you even okay with forming a sentence to say that to someone? Um, so people, they do say crazy things. Um, but I do try to make a cognizant effort to disconnect. That is very difficult. Like I said, when the lines are blurred and I'm expected to post every day, but I will also have times where I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm cutting this off. Like I cannot keep doing this. Cause like, even with me being on social media, I still go on there and I compare myself to these dudes that got these six pack abs and all this other stuff or these people that are doing all of these like amazing, crazy things. Um, but and you need to like pull away from it. all. I do feel like it'll drive you crazy if you if you delve too deep into it and you can't keep some type of a dose of reality. It can make you a little nuts and it can also make you feel like about yourself, even if your life is nice. Um, and so I do try to take time to pull away from it. I know for me, one thing I've started doing is I will try to um, 
film or record some of my things in advance, like maybe over the weekends, because I also have a full time job. And so, like, it's a lot to try to do all of that. So I'll try to record it on the weekends. And then during the week, I will try to take a bit of a break from it because you need to. It'll, it is, it's going to make you nuts if you don't. This is a great um, case study for influencers. Like, yeah, you treat it like a job. Do all yes. the videos and just set a schedule and just push it out. So you ain't got to be on your phone. Okay, I got to do it today. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's, 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 that's good stuff. That's good I stuff. mean, but to that point, like, it can feel very jobby. Yes, um, you know, I think initially it starts off as something that's like very fun. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm getting attention. But then it becomes jobby. And it's just like, this is a lot. This is stressful. It's a lot to maintain. I don't want to do this no more. So completely. And I just wanted to get your take on that because I completely understand. I have, and me and Britt had this conversation a few weeks ago. He was just like, you just pumping out the content. And I had a, I had a month where I was just like, yeah, I'm about to, I'm about to get to social media heart. And this month I'm just like, mm, yeah, right. I'll get, I don't care. Cause my mental is more important yeah. to me than like showing up for people on social media. Like I would rather show up for myself and people that I know, people that love on me, um, than to show up for all our randoms. And, and 365ers, I'm not calling you randoms, but you you know I love y'all, but for everybody else, it's giving random. <laughs> you gotta take care of yourself, Jackie. <laughs> yeah, you gotta take care of you gotta take care of your mind though. And like I feel you because I'll have times where I'm just punch pushing content out, and then I will have other times that um, you know, I just don't. But I will say the messages that I get of people like telling me like your videos really help is what does help like balance and ground me out a little bit of, like, okay, I know I'm tired, but come on, just put a few more videos out and put a few more of the signs out because it helps me to know that it's helping other people. And I can also imagine the type of content that you're putting out is more fulfilling, right? Cause some people just are putting out content um, of, of just cars, luxury things, but by you doing something where the purpose of your content is authenticity. And so by you pushing out stuff that is you being your authentic self is maybe not as draining as some of these um, these other people, other platforms, um, how other people use social media. Well, uh, going back to our conversation with the LGBTQ community and allies, what are some actions considering mental health and illness um, people can do, allies perhaps, uh, to support people in, in, in the community? I always said one of the biggest things you can do is just let people know that you're there for them. It's like, I'm a shoulder to lean on. I'm here to talk. If you, whatever it is going on in your life, just let them know that you're there for them. Because a lot of times I think people feel like they need to offer you a solution or they need to fix your life. I'm like, girl, you fix your life first. You can't come fix mine. Um, but like, just let me know that if I'm going through a hard time, if I'm struggling, if I have experienced some form of homophobia, that you can just let me vent and get it off my chest. I think that's one of the best things you can do. Just let people know that you're there. You don't need to, you know, cure cancer. Just let them know that you're there and you're a shoulder to lean on. And I think that's a, a bit of great advice for everybody. Um, you know, we're talking about um, mental health in in connection with uh, Pride Month, but I just think about mental health in general, um, you know, just being an open ear and an open shoulder for anybody um, when they're going through something is is something that we can all take away. You're not here to fix nobody's problems because, baby, we don't need you to do that. We just need you to be here, like you said, to be a shoulder to, to lean on, to be a listening ear, to just be there to say, like, hey, you know, I got your back. So 
you know, I, I love that you said that because I think that's something that we all as a people can take. Um, Jared, we do a thing called What's Your 365? And this is where, you know, we like to give a little nugget um, or a gem for the 365ers. And I want to give you the opportunity today to give the What's Your 365? So what nugget or gem or piece of advice would you leave with our 365ers listening today? I would say to be nice to others, but most importantly, be nice to yourself. Because a lot of times we're nicer to everybody else in the world than we are to ourselves. We will dog ourselves out and talk about ourselves like trash and then tell somebody else, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. So be nice to yourself because that is probably going to be one of the most difficult hurdles that you're ever going to face. Completely agree. I'm writing that one down because I struggle with that a lot. I will take care of everybody else, but... I make myself last. Jared, thank you so much for joining the Black Health 365 podcast. This has been fun. If 365ers want to connect with you on social media and get into all of your social medias, where can they do that at? Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Jared with two R's, J-A-R-R-E-D dot Denzel, like Washington. Um, and you can go on there and listen to me or run my mouth about all things mental health. Jerry, this was a powerful testimony. I appreciated your words, um, how candid you were with everything that you expressed. I can see why people follow you. You have a natural charisma. I'm going to make sure I get you on all the social medias. Um, and I love what you just said about being gentle with yourself. I think that just goes back to the Dharma talk, authenticity. When you step in your own, when you step in your light, the world going to just they're going to wrap around it. It's not going to have a choice. Nope. Oh, period. <laughs> 365ers, you can find us at Black Health 365. My name is Britt Daniels. Um, and you can also find me at ProfitFitness.life. You can find me at Love Jackie Page. And 365ers, as Britt would say, I hope I get this right, because usually you do it. Um, we are here to help you be a champion for your health, your life, and your wellness. So get your life together, okay? And we're here to help you. I didn't do it as eloquently as Britt, but y'all get the point. <laughs> Peace, Namaste, and right. love. Holla. <laughs> <laughs> Black Health 365 is an Urban One and Reach Media production hosted by Jackie Page and Britt Daniels, created by Samuel Tatum and Laura Lopez, executive produced by Brittany Jackson and Kadisha Campbell, editing and production, Jahi Whitehead, sales and corporate sponsorship, Patty Johnson.